Welcome to Building the Bakken Radio, heard in the Crude Life Media Network. My name is Jason Spies, and I'm your host today. Thank you folks for joining us this week on Building the Bakken, the most trusted energy brand in the Bakken today. As I mentioned a moment ago, Building the Bakken is part of the Crude Life Media Network, and we're not a political program, rather an informational brand. No polarizing talk, just conversations about facts of the energy industry. Here at the Crude Life Media Network, we generate positive energy. With programs like Building the Bakken, we're able to tell the stories about the people, the communities, and the companies, those who are within the industry living the day-to-day shale play USA. On today's episode of Building the Bakken Radio, we talk with Dan Hedrington with SEH. He gives us a Davis refinery update and what their next steps are after their permit to construct was issued from the North Dakota Health Department. Then Steve Pruitt with Transwater Incorporated discusses the role of water in shale plays and how to utilize frack pits and recycle water. Plus, Joe Dancy with the University of Oklahoma Law, their energy center, he talks about a new trend happening in oil and gas where some companies have now taken on a whole new direction on the war on drugs and hired chief drug officers within their companies. Plus, multimedia Kitchenpreneur Otis sits down with Kathy Nesset to talk about energy entrepreneurship. All that plus much more this week on Building the Bakken Radio. My name is Jason Spies and this is Building the Bakken Radio, heard on the Crude Life Media Network. Smoking, I'm joking with the people that I know. Over the past few months, I've told you about how unbelievable Hatch Coaching is. Don't just take my word for it. Listen to what Christy Huber, president of the United Way of Cass Clay, says about Hatch Coaching. When you get to know Eric, and he is so willing to share with you how growing up, you know, his life was impacted by an outstanding mom. Um, and the challenges that he may be faced. When he's willing to open up and talk about those things, you're immediately drawn in. And that's that vulnerability um, that I think that he has said, he has publicly said, it's okay to be yourself. Um, and it's, it's okay for you to make mistakes along the way. To find out more about Hatch Coaching or to have Eric Hatch speak at your event or company, visit hatchcoaching.com. That's hatchcoaching.com or call 701-212-1572. That's 701-212-1572. Welcome back to Building the Bakken Radio, heard in the Crude Life Media Network. My name is Jason Spies and I'm your host today. Up next, Dan Hedrington with SEH about the Davis Refinery. That, that I've ever seen when it comes to refineries, it, it just, it's going to be, uh, you know, just very exciting. Um, I, I know that, you know, uh, people that we know that are look at it from the environmental perspective are excited about it because we really do believe that this is a game changer uh, for the industry. And it's going to show them, you know, what, what can be done to reduce emissions or, or, or minimize those, those emissions and still have um, a good amount of, of product run through and throughput and, um, you know, it's just, it's an exciting project to be involved with, and uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. To me, one of, one of the more exciting parts of the technology use is the application of old technology by using new technology to figure it out. What I mean by that yeah. is some of the things that you guys have going on the landscaping side with the uh, native foil, fo- foliage, and, um, you know, some of the, even the 
I guess from a distance, be able to kind of create a berm of trees or something like that in order to kind of create create a better aesthetic feel towards it. But working with the universities and working with some of the the different folks, where you know as well as I do, they're using computer programs to figure this stuff out in order to become so easy. And that's a side of technology I think a lot of people overlook. And a lot of that moving of nature to create its own ecosystem or biosphere, if you will, permaculture, uh, really is kind of old school becoming new school technology. Did you guys ever come across that at all through the process? Oh, my gosh. Uh, everything you said is, is right down the alley of this project. So it's interesting. We've been thrilled with the response that we've received from, you know, UND or NDSU. Um, there's been, you know, there's, there's opportunities out here to do so many different projects um, that improve, let's, let's say, habitat and things like that in the area. You're absolutely right with the, um, the screening um, uh, projects that are being considered around the, the perimeter berms, uh, uh, you know, plantings and things like that, but also habitat for bees, um, you know, uh, and different types of, of insects and, and different types of vegetation that are needed in this area that this project has the ability to develop. So the, there's also, you know, some opportunities to, to utilize geothermal and, and other technologies that are, that are um, you know, readily available for this project that the universities have been able to point out to us with our meetings and saying, this should be a learning opportunity in this field, or we could use this as a learning opportunity in that field. Um, and what's great about it is Bill Prentice and the Meridian leadership team all about that. That's what they want. That's what they want to, they want to be not only the most advanced uh, technology, but also the most environmental type project that they can possibly be. Um, we've been meeting with the universities for some time. We've been looking at all these different habitats and different kind of opportunities. And it's going to be fun to try to you know, incorporate as much of that as possible into the project. Any final thoughts? Anything that we uh, left out? Uh, it sounds like we're going to be talking with um, Mr. William Prentice next week about some of the impacts and implications and I imagine I'll ask him about the uh, target logistics um, letter of intent and that sort of thing. I don't know if that's outside your wheelhouse or what, but um, any final thoughts, anything that we didn't um, mention or want to reiterate or any, uh, any of those topics you want to take on, take on a new direction? You know, Jason, I, I, I think that to me, if, if there was something that, that I would like to, to, to um, at least mention uh, is, is, is this. Um, the tremendous amount of support that we received from the locals in that area, the, um, the governing officials, the elected officials, the, the ranchers, and the people that live in the towns that have supported this project have been amazing. Um, when it comes to issues that are dear to their hearts that we agree with completely, you know, personal property rights and things like that, and the development of projects like this one um, is, is a big deal. And, and we are so much looking forward to working with everybody in the area and, and everybody throughout the state to just make good things happen. That means jobs. That means, you know, um, increased, you know, hopefully the potential for increased revenues for the, the communities and the counties and things like that. But just um, everything that, that comes with building a project of this scale. And um, it, it's very exciting to, uh, to be a part of it. To listen to the full-length interview with Dan Hedrington with SEH or to listen to other 
Building the Bakken features, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. Building the Bakken Radio is part of the Crude Life Media Network. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter. All of those social media links are available at thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. My name is Jason Spies, and this is Building the Bakken Radio, heard in the Crude Life Media Network. Music on today's program is written and performed by the Moody River Band. The Moody River Band has a new album hitting the downloadable streets on April 1st. For more information on the Moody River Band, their links, and their music, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com and click on the Musicians tab. This is the Moody River Band. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Jason, what's your thought on this? My dad always listens to Jason Spies. No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Jason Spies is the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. You know, I don't know what justifies being placed in history books, Jason, but in my book, it's in there. (laughs) This is a good thing. Is your boss watching this? You need a raise. Hey folks, I want to take a quick second to tell you just in time for summer, the Crude Life t-shirts are now on shale. Three different designs available. Show your support for the industry and become an energy enthusiast by living the crude life. Visit thecrudelife.com and click on the t-shirts now on shale. That's the Crude Life t-shirts now on shale. Well, you're my pineapple baby, let me be your mango man. Welcome back to Building the Bakken Radio, heard in the Crude Life Media Network. My name is Jason Spies, and I'm your host today. Up next, Steve Pruitt with Transwater Incorporated. My name is Steve Pruitt. I'm with Transwater Incorporated. I'm the Director of Business Development. Thank you very much for joining us here on the Crude Life. As we many of us know, water is probably not only the most important thing on the planet, but kind of that secret most important thing of when it comes to fracking and, and energy development. So... Uh, I'll let you go ahead and give your company a plug and let people know, you know, how important you guys are in the energy industry. Absolutely. You know, I was at a water conference recently and I heard someone make the statement that um, in a way we're kind of like the new alchemists. We're forming uh, oil out of water and sand. And uh, I thought that was an interesting take. It, the, the value of sand and water is, is part of the frack recipe. And as you know, uh, today's environment, hydraulic fracturing is where the majority of uh, new development is coming from, and the water and sand play a huge role in that, and water, water being the somewhat scarce resource that it is in the areas where some of the most prolific basins in the country are located, it's kind of a unique dynamic. Um, to that end, uh, water tr- the water business is becoming a very uh, instrumental part in, in keeping this uh, expanded development going. Transwater was actually formed as a, as a water transfer business back in several years ago, I'd say six, seven years ago. And uh, during kind of one of the downturns, we kind of moved away from water transfer and 
kind of focused our attentions on the, the frack ponds that uh, are supplying water for these fracks out in this part of the country, in the Permian and the Delaware, those 99% of those are man-made water bodies. Um, and uh, we started turning our attention to lining those pits, repairing liners. That led us into an environment where people were concerned about how much water did these actually hold. These frack pits change hands in acquisition. They are rehabbed uh, as uh, time and nature takes its course. They have to be rehabbed, relined, and so there becomes questions about how much water these frack pits hold. And so we developed a methodology after doing some research on measuring those frack pits when they're already full of water, utilizing a GPS and sonar-enabled watercraft, a remote control uh, boat, and uh, we now have a couple of those boats and uh, are able to develop a very detailed survey report based on sonar data and tell them exactly how much water they can hold and give them a little bit of information about their pond that they may not have. It's interesting. Yeah. I was going to say it's interesting because, you know, as you were talking about some of the different things, one of my questions is innovation. And you kind of bled into it there. With that, that would be a new innovative way that the water industry is becoming very efficient for the oil and gas industry. Is that kind of a fair statement? Absolutely. You know, if you look at the cost of water, it's, it's an enormous part of the equation of what it costs to frack these wells. And so anything that we can do to help these P&P companies that are developing new uh, and expanding their existing portfolio and, or drilling new wells, you know, we're... Anything we can do to help them save money and bring an ROI on uh, just making a few investments to save a tremendous amount of money money on water, uh, not only is it the, the financial, fiscally responsible thing to do, but from an environment standpoint, you're, just, you're not using water that you don't need. And so, you know, there's two ways of looking at that water situation is, number one, is do we have enough to complete this frack? And number two, do we are we buying more than we really needed to begin with? And we can help solve both of those and bring a return on investment to what we do um, from both ends of that spectrum. Well, and the water to me is such a critical piece of this whole energy development because, you know, I, I'm thinking of uh, an example in the Bakken where the – state officials forgot to carry the one or something like that. And now they need 20 times more water than they originally thought to frack out in the Bakken. Well, that's good news for the water people, but it's better news for the innovative water recycling people. Um, And that's kind of what I I see the industry going is that the water industry, almost by sheer just force, is going to have to become very innovative, very efficient, because for one, the energy development's happening. But on the other side of things, you've mentioned the word scarcity a few times and that sort of thing. We're talking about water here. So um, how much of that goes into your guys' day-to-day conversations, I guess, because there's quite a social responsibility you guys have as well. Absolutely. That's a tremendous part of our day-to-day. In fact, I just left a meeting at a uh, pond site where the discussion is all about reuse and recycling. Um, in fact, you know, I mentioned the scanning of the ponds, which we call our TransMap product. It's a, it's a survey scan. Uh, we also have a product called TransWatch, which is a ongoing remote monitoring look at how much water they have, what's the volume of the water that's available. 
and more recently, a product called TransWatch Water Lab that is actually using a sensor array to report back information about freshwater or produced water water chemistry data points. So as as the as you said, sheer necessity, the need to reuse and recycle water that is you know flowback water or produced water from producing wells. That water is being taken in, treated, putting back into ponds, blended with fresh water. And it's very critical in, in the engineering these fracks that they understand the nature of the water that they're dealing with. And you know, before now, that was a process of almost on a daily basis or every other day or twice a week, going out and collecting samples, taking them to the lab, having them analyzed. And you know, unfortunately, by the time that data is collected and analyzed, the report's almost out of date. And so we are deploying uh, a mechanism to develop real-time data and on an hourly basis be able to take a look at some primary data points about the water chemistry in that pond. And that becomes hypercritical when it's a reuse recycle with the equation, which I moments before we talked, I posted an article about, you know, it's not a matter of how many uh, drilling programs are going to be using frac recycled frac water, it's how much of it's going to be recycled frac water, right? And so it, it is going to happen, you know, in, in a real wide way. So. so a lot of this technology, you know, 10 years ago was considered a science project and it wasn't, you know, there was some resistance, let's put it that way. You know, we've got a decade under our belt now. Some companies are starting to see the savings and I find it comical because uh, for for some companies they can go a year or two without a sale, and then all of a sudden, just the next day, they get a hundred thousand orders or something like that. How's the? Uh, it's a very long way to ask the question. How's the technology acceptance been and the integration um, been in your guys' world? How how how's it been over the last you know five ten years? Well, it's it's interesting. You know this. This particular part of our business has been something that's grown out of the last three years of work. Um, three years for the for the sonar survey scan part of the business, and really the last year, year and a half for the water monitoring business. And what we're seeing in that short amount of time is a conversation shifting from this would be something that might be nice to have to something that's like, okay, when do we implement it? To listen to the full-length interview with Steve Pruitt with Transwater Incorporated or to listen to other Building the Bakken features, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. Building the Bakken Radio is part of the Crude Life Media Network. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter. All of those social media links are available at thecrudelife.com. My name is Jason Spies, and this is Building the Bakken Radio, heard in the Crude Life Media Network. Music on today's program is written and performed by the Moody River Band. The Moody River Band has a new album hitting the downloadable streets on April 1st. For more information on the Moody River Band, their links, and their music, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com and click on the Musicians tab. This is the Moody River Band. All we need is four wheels, a full gas tank and a few miles left. All the lonesome souls go Who wrote the songs of living And now it's all
past few months, I've told you about how unbelievable Hatch coaching is. Don't just take my word for it. Listen to what Christy Huber, president of the United Way of Cass Clay, says about Hatch coaching. One of our programs was where we asked Eric Hatch to come in and speak to this group, and it ended up being a group of about 90 emerging leaders, um, and talk to them about leadership lessons. And Eric just did a phenomenal job of reaching out and talking about uh, leadership from a very uh, personal perspective. He is one of our best leaders in the community talking about being vulnerable and what that has meant to him in his leadership journey. To find out more about Hatch Coaching or to have Eric Hatch speak at your event or company, visit HatchCoaching.com. That's HatchCoaching.com. Or call 701-212-1572. That's 701-212-1572. Meridian Energy Group of Belfield, North Dakota, is building the most technologically advanced oil refinery on the planet. The Davis Refinery, a project designed to achieve emission control levels the industry has never seen before. The Davis Refinery, working for North Dakota. MeridianEnergyGroupInc.com. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Jason, what's your thought on this? My dad always listens to Jason Spies. No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Jason Spies is the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. You know, I don't know what justifies being placed in history books, Jason, but in my book, it's in there. <laughs> this is a good thing. Is your boss watching this? Nothing. You need a raise. Hey folks, I want to take a quick second to tell you just in time for summer, the Crude Life t-shirts are now on shale. Three different designs available. Show your support for the industry and become an energy enthusiast by living the crude life. Visit thecrudelife.com and click on the t-shirts now on shale. That's the Crude Life t-shirts now on shale. Hey folks, I want to take a quick second to tell you just in time for summer, the Crude Life t-shirts are now on shale. Three different designs available. Show your support for the industry and become an energy enthusiast by living the crude life. Visit thecrudelife.com and click on the t-shirts now on shale. That's the Crude Life t-shirts now on shale. Well, I was two years old when John Lennon died. Well, I was 23 when George said goodbye. Welcome back to Building the Bakken Radio, heard in the Crude Life Media Network. My name is Jason Spies, and I'm your host today. Up next, Joe Dancy with the University of Oklahoma Law, their energy center. Of the frack sand as, as one of the um, users of the rail cars, but I know ag is coming into the harvest season, and then it just kind of stays through for a while. Yeah, yeah actually, uh, ag was mentioned in the, uh, in the presentation, but it uh, is really the incremental Apparently, gains of the last five years have been really sand and getting the stuff from, um, you know, Wisconsin down down here. And I, it, there also has been some interesting articles recently dealing with Balkan crude. Apparently, the um, the East Coast refiners have started um, shipping by train again. It was it it was really popular several years ago, and then apparently it fell off to almost nothing six months to a year ago. And I think it was a Bloomberg article that was out that said, you know, things are ramping up where some of these producers, and especially the, it, apparently, and I'm not sure what route they take, Jason, but apparently the Balkan crude is, is easier or closer to ship 
um, if you're in if you're in Texas, you ship to the Gulf Coast. If you're in um, North Dakota, uh, apparently, or Canadian crude too. Apparently, uh, you can ship some of that stuff by oil to the uh, some of the eastern refiners, and you know that will be their cheapest uh, feedstock. And so they're starting to ramp up the train shipments again, which. Again, from an environmental standpoint, I, you, you actually I was on a, a panel that uh, we talked about some of the legal implications and the fact that you know a lot of environmentalists are target targeting the midstream and pipelines to try to shut down the industry. But you know, really, what they're doing is you you, you, you slow down the building of pipelines. Uh, you're increasing the number of trains that haul oil and other substances that. In, from an environmental standpoint, it's much more dangerous to, to haul that stuff on a railroad uh, track uh, than put it underground in a pipeline. Uh, and it was interesting to hear him talk. But they, yeah, we didn't. They didn't talk too much about ag. But I know, yeah, I know that is the other big, uh, the big profit center for the railroads. And and again, just going back, you know, from a railroad standpoint, if I was a railroad executive, it's like, well, why would I want to mess with shipping oil and setting up new terminals if I don't already have a terminal in the Permian because this is only going to be a two-year deal, so two-year problem. Um, it's going to be a big two-year problem, but it'll only be a two-year problem. Joe Dancy with us talking a little bit about some of the um, bottlenecking solutions and, and issues happening down in the Permian as well as some of the other shale plays. And uh, the, the trucker part, uh, th- that that's interesting to me for a number of reasons. And, you know, you mentioned the environmental safety part of it. How about the traffic safety part of it? You know, a lot of times pipeline producers uh, will point out safety on the road and the safety on the rail and the safety is a major part of the, you know, the selling point of a, of a pipeline. Uh, this to me would be one of those times where, people could look at the you know the oil companies and say well they're right now because we don't have a pipeline therefore we have to add more trucks semis to the road therefore making it less safe for the average person that's driving on a family vacation is that is that safe to say i i would guess i'm sure statistically you can really make that argument and probably pretty pretty powerful and i know lately um actually one of my recent connections on linkedin um, was a nurse, and her job is um, she's chief drug officer or something at some service company out in Midland. And I, I emailed her and said specifically the reason I wanted to connect with you is like I saw your background, you know, as a RN and as a um, trained, uh, I think, uh, physician's assistant. And she goes, yeah, she's been hired by uh, a company out there. To and she said that there is a major problem getting people who, when you drive a truck out and, and I, would, sure I talked about this a little bit uh, with some people at the conference yesterday. I mean, driving in Midland, it's, well, the good news is it's, uh, you can see there, the visibility is good. You don't have massive snowstorms like you have up in the Balkan and, yeah, you don't have rain normally, but it's not real exciting. So it's, it's if I was a truck driver, you know, it would be very difficult for me not to at least drink a lot of coffee, and you know, I I wouldn't go past you know the, to use stimulants. But what she told me, the the nurse was that you know, part of the problem they have is number one, getting people to pass the drug test for the initial hire. Number two, 
to keep the people just because they get hired away. And she goes, number three, you know, you'd be, you know, this is not exciting, real exciting work, hauling water or hauling sand or hauling equipment, you know, in the middle of the desert. Um, and it's very easy to, um, you know, fall prey to stimulants. And so she's going to be, I said, that's a pretty interesting title, you know, chief drug manager or whatever <laughs> i said i you know it's uh interesting but uh but it's, it's amazing a, it's a major issue and it's a, a major and as you know it's a major safety issue because you know lord knows you you stay up too late and you're driving a big truck and you fall asleep and you know lord knows what happens well yeah i mean at the end of the day those trucks are you know they're kind of rockets on wheels I mean, they've got gas tanks, and some of them even carry hot oil and a number of different things. So, I mean, there's, it's, it is, it's a safety thing. It's amazing, though, we've gotten to the point, you know, 5,000-foot view society here that, you know, we've given up on the stimulants and drugs issues to the point to where we actually have to staff people now to manage the problem. It's the same thing in the Bakken. I was just up at the Williston Basin Conference and one of the main themes up there, you know, there's about a, there's usually about a dozen or less themes that come out of it because there's so many different areas of oil and gas. But drug testing, um, people cannot pass a drug test. They, they, there's so many different ways to, uh, I guess, escape from reality these days that a lot of these people are just, they're failing the drug test out of the gate. And that seemed to be one of the biggest issues with employers. And Joe, I'm going to throw this in here. Um, this was a very interesting conversation I had with someone off the air and it had to do with the millennials and I'm not trying to pick on the millennials. I'm just going to point something out here and I want to get your reaction because I think it goes beyond the millennials too, but they were, they were, they were talking about this in sports, how a lot of the issue now in sports is these coaches are having a hard time connecting with the millennial athletes. And, well, we got talking about how that's kind of true in the workplace as well, where a lot of the older guard, they have a hard time connecting with the millennials because they're kind of conditioned to believe, you know, work should be fun and it should be experiential. And you start talking about that truck driving job, and I'm thinking of a 25-year-old trying to go through that. No wonder they want to escape from reality. I mean, that, that, no wonder we got drug officials now at companies I mean, am I getting a little bit over dramatic here, or are you following my train of thought? <laughs> yeah, I like your train of thought. That's interesting. Uh, I know uh, in the teaching realm, uh, some of the oldsters. I mean, I'm over sixty, and I've been around a while. And uh, you know, you, you sit around and talk to some of the professors, and they just—they were talking about some of the the students there, the undergraduate students, and how they really have a different attitude towards. I mean, Jason, when, when I went to school, it's like, gee, I need to study hard, I need to get a job, I need to, and they're much more, have a much different philosophy, and I don't know whether it's the school, but I mean, the, some of the professors have said they've seen this, seen. To listen to the full-length interview with Joe Dancy, Executive Director for the Energy Center at the University of Oklahoma Law, or to listen to other Building the Bakken features, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. Building the Bakken is also a part of the Crude Life Media Network. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter. All of those social media links are available at thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. My name is Jason Spies, and this is Building the Bakken Radio, heard in the Crude Life Media Network. You know that I've lived, yeah, you know that I've tried. The music on today's program is written and performed by the Moody River Band. 
For more information on the Moody River Band, their links, and their music, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com, and click on the Musicians tab. This is the Moody River Band. Energy Group of Belfield, North Dakota, is building the most technologically advanced oil refinery on the planet, the Davis Refinery, a project designed to achieve emission control levels the industry has never seen before. The Davis Refinery, working for North Dakota. Meridian Energy Group, Inc.com. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Jason, what's your thought on this? My dad always listens to Jason Spies. No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Jason Spies is the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. You know, I don't know what justifies being placed in history books, Jason, but in my book, it's in there. (laughs) This is a good thing. Is your boss watching this? You need a raise. Over the past few months, I've told you about how unbelievable Hatch coaching is. Well, don't just take my word for it. Listen to what Greg Tavine of Emerging Prairies has to say about Hatch Coaching. When I think of the world that I want to live in, it's with people that care, that take risks, that reinvent themselves, reinvent their organizations, reinvent their industries. And Eric's a model citizen for that. Uh, he's, he's trying to solve problems. He's trying to bring people into those solutions. He, he does incredibly well, but he lives generously. I think a community filled with people like Eric that are solving problems, giving it their best, and creating an environment for others to lead and soar and succeed, that's the place I want to live. And so Eric's the type of person that's in, in my community, and I'm really grateful for that. To find out more about Hatch Coaching or to have Eric Hatch speak at your event or company, visit HatchCoaching.com. That's HatchCoaching.com. Or call 701-212-1572. That's 701-212-1572. Welcome back to Building the Bakken Radio. Heard in the Crude Life Media Network. My name is Jason Spies and I'm your host today. Up next, Multimedia Kidspreneur talks with Kathy Nessett about energy entrepreneurship. Hello, my name is Otis with the Kids and Capitalism Kidcast. And today we have Kathy Nessett, president and founder of Nesset, and we're going to ask her a couple questions. Are you okay with that? I am. Thank you. Uh, What was your first job, Kathy? You know, my first job coming out of college was was as a seismologist working in Michigan. That sounds fun. Yeah, it was a little different, but it was my first step into the oil field. So I'm an East East Coast girl, hadn't seen the oil field, and I went straight to Michigan oil fields. All right. Uh, Why is the energy industry... um, good for entrepreneurs you know there's there's so many aspects to it and it keeps on evolving just as Nesset keeps on evolving and changing <laughs> with the needs yeah. um, as you know we rebranded yesterday to Nesset we shortened our name but you know that all has to show with what's new what's what's exciting and for an entrepreneur as you may be um, you know there's, a, there's the opportunities are just as wide as as your thought process is all right uh, what what ah my brain messed up Advice. What advice do you have for young entrepreneurs? I would say just keep 
one thing for me, Otis, is just keep moving ahead. All right. Okay? Keep moving ahead, and if you if you if you you know you stumble, you hit a wall, the price of oil goes down, and things aren't. <laughs> you know, we've seen that happen, right? Okay. Let's say that that happens. You don't give up. You may re, re you know take a breath. You may do something a little bit different, but keep keep moving forward is my advice. All right. Well, thank you for taking the time out of your day to do an interview with me. I appreciate it very much. Well, uh, and that you. concludes our interview. Thank you very much. I appreciate your your work. <laughs> To listen to the full-length interview with multimedia kidspreneur Otis and Kathy Nessett, or to listen to other Kids in Capitalism features, visit kidsincapitalism.com. That's kidsincapitalism.com. Building the Bakken Radio and the Crude Life Media Network are proud sponsors and mentors of Kids in Capitalism. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Jason, what's your thought on this? My dad always listens to Jason Spies. No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Jason Spies is the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. You know, I don't know what justifies being placed in history books, Jason, but in my book, it's in there. (laughs) This is a good thing. Is your boss watching this? You need a raise. Yeah, it's uh, Cody Traum, and I'm uh, one of the owners of 10 Code uh, Security in Bismarck, North Dakota. 10 Code Security, let's talk a little bit about what it is you guys do. Uh, well, uh, the, the company first uh, was, was developed uh, about three years ago, and it started out as a uh, security and investigative company. Um, last year, um, we um, added a new division to our company, the energy services side. And uh, some people think, well, how does energy and security, how does that all come together? Well, we developed a program, a compliance program, that kind of meshes the, the two divisions together um, uh, using investigative techniques uh, out in the Bakken. So, but it's, it's kind of a pretty, a pretty diverse uh, program that we have. So security, uh, here at the conference, obviously, a lot of the CEOs have their own personal security. Um, I imagine there's security at the conference. Are we talking about outside, like on the well site, or where exactly are the physical location of your security guys? Um, kind of all over, you know. We got, uh, we got locations, uh, you know, um, various places in North Dakota. We got some people here in Bismarck that do some, uh, some security work for us. But most of, our, most of our work is out in the Bakken. You know, we, we've catered to the oil industry. So one, a question I'd like to ask people because the oil industry gets pretty diverse, but also gets pretty specific too. Yes. Uh, who would be your direct customer? I would imagine anybody, but... Well, we kind of keep that quiet yeah. only because, uh, you know, our clients kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we've got, uh, we probably have, you know, four, four major clients out, out in the box and that we do most of our work for, you know. Um, you know, a lot of it isn't uh, consistent work. You know, we, we get called and, you know, our projects are very short term sometimes. Um, you know, especially during the downturn, you know, uh, budgets are a little bit tight, but there's always still a need for security. So, you know, we get called uh, frequently. Uh, oil and gas, obviously, is a lot of training. Security, a lot of training, not much training, mostly watching a monitor now. Talk to me about what is involved. Uh, you know, we're not, we don't do much, uh, you know, uh, uh, monitor watching. Um, most, if not all, of our, our personnel are um, current law enforcement, former law enforcement, or, you know, um, veterans or, you know, former military. So they already have that background when they come to us. It's not that we wouldn't take somebody new and, and build them from the ground up, but when they come to us, they already have that foundation. And so we just kind of maintain their, their skill level. So in addition to, you know, obviously the uh, 
secure service that you do bring, sometimes there's some ancillary benefits that come from it, whether it be, you know, uh, insurance rate goes down or maybe they can do more things that they couldn't do before through some regulational type things. Do you guys get quite into that or is that a little advanced you know, still? We, we don't. We okay. don't get involved in that aspect of it. No. That's probably a good thing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, What's next for you guys? Okay, because you mentioned outside of oil and gas, right? You do stuff outside of oil and gas? Yeah, we know we cater to some of the uh, you know local hospitals. Okay. Um, so we do security, security work for them. Um, a lot of investigative work here locally. Um, in fact, we have what, a, a contract with uh, you know workforce safety, so we do um, large majority of their, their investigative work. So. Stakeouts? Uh, yes, to a certain extent, yes. <laughs> And that concludes this week's episode of Building the Bakken Radio. I'd like to thank you folks for joining us this week. You can check out all of our interviews, past shows, and other features at thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. And we invite you all to join our social media network. If you go to thecrudelife.com, click on the social media page. We've got a social media audience and social media presence in many of the shale plays, including the Bakken. That's all part of the Crude Life Media Network. We're over 350,000 strong and growing every single day. And while you're at the crudelife.com, be sure to click on our sponsors page. Of course, the sponsors make this program happen, whether it's the Deal Makers, Energy Safety Institute, Gas Techno Energy and Fuels, Hatch Coaching, or Tidwell Industries. We have some outstanding sponsors here at Building the Bakken Radio, and we invite you folks to please support them as much as you can. If you go to thecrudelife.com, click on the sponsors page. We have a whole list of them with links right there. And if you're wondering if Building the Bakken Radio or other Crude Life programming is carried in your neighborhood, check out our programs page on crudelife.com. We have a list of our programs as well as the radio stations that pick up those programs. And for those of you that are listening within our network, We'll be back next week at this time on this channel. We appreciate you folks very much for checking out this week's episode of Building the Bakken Radio. My name is Jason Spies, and this is Building the Bakken Radio, heard on the Crude Life Media Network. Thanks again for joining us this week here on Building the Bakken Radio. Keep calm and frack on. You feel a little dizzy. You're talking kind of silly like you have plans to save the world. Just remember your past. Will only last if you don't take off your mask When the outside's chilly, the inside is warm You've been wishing you never been born All I can say is that you try to behave And try not to get your mind blown Seems like no matter who I talk to in the world of business these days, people are telling me about the success of Hatch Coaching. Listen to what Jeff Schatz, superintendent of the Fargo Public Schools, has to say about Eric Hatch and Hatch Coaching. I just thought that his story about how he talks about the struggles that he and his family went through and having children and how, you know, everybody has a hot mess and how, how do you deal with that in life. And I just thought that really resonates well with, you know, folks. And so... Um, I thought that would be a great message for everybody to hear. Well, then beyond that, I've also seen Eric um, do uh, some of the other things that he does with emceeing and leading other types of things that he does. He does coaching, I know, with students um, where the principals have hired him to come in and do that. So I just ex- extended that opportunity for him to be the emcee too. He was very well received. 
For more information, call 701-212-1572 or visit coachingwithhatch.com. That's coachingwithhatch.com. Hey, folks, I want to take a quick second to tell you just in time for summer, the Crude Life t-shirts are now on shale. Three different designs available. Show your support for the industry and become an energy enthusiast by living the crude life. Visit thecrudelife.com and click on the t-shirts now on shale. That's the Crude Life t-shirts now on shale. Meridian Energy Group of Belfield, North Dakota is building the most technologically advanced oil refinery on the planet the Davis Refinery, a project designed to achieve emission control levels the industry has never seen before. The Davis Refinery, working for North Dakota. MeridianEnergyGroupInc.com. 